Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. Fact check this podcast, and today I am going to look at intolerance and Popper's paradox of tolerance. And I apologize for anybody watching the video. I absolutely hate this camera angle, but with the light the way it is at this time of day, and I haven't figured out a better setup for this office yet. Um, any other way that I set the camera up, there was too much light coming through the windows, and it looked terrible. So we're going to go with this, and I don't know. I'll uh, I'll figure out a better. I'll figure out a better setup and situation moving forward, but for the time being, it is what it is. Um, so today, I'm going to take a look at the uh, the paradox of tolerance. Uh, let's pull this up. We're just going to kind of read through it real quickly. Um, the paradox of tolerance uh, was come up with in 1945 by philosopher Karl Popper. Um, he attributed the paradox to Plato's defense of benevolent despotism, uh, and defined it in the open society and its enemies. Less well known than other paradoxes is the paradox of tolerance. Unlimited tolerance must lead to the disappearance of tolerance. If we extend unlimited tolerance, even to those who are intolerant, if we are not prepared to defend a tolerant society against the onslaught of the intolerant, then the tolerant will be destroyed and tolerance with them. In this formulation, I do not imply, for instance, that we should always suppress the utterance of intolerant philosophies as long as we can counter them by rational argument and keep them in check by public opinion. Suppression would certainly be most unwise. But we should claim the right to suppress them if necessary, even by force, for it may easily turn out that we are not prepared to meet, uh, that they are not prepared to meet us on the level of rational argument, but begin by denouncing all argument. They may forbid their followers to listening to rational argument because it is deceptive and teach them to answer arguments by the use of their fists or pistols. We should therefore claim, in the name of tolerance, the right not to tolerate the intolerant. We should claim that any movement preaching intolerance places itself outside the law, and we should consider incitement to intolerance and persecution as criminal in the way as we should consider incitement to murder or to kidnapping or to the revival of slave trade as criminal. And it also goes on to say that the term paradox of tolerance does not appear anywhere in the main text of the open society and its enemies. Um, that's just a classification that's given to it. So what got me running off down this rabbit hole today was I saw the, um, there is a, for lack of a better way of putting it, there's a meme that 
presents this paradox of tolerance. Let me see if I'm, I might be able to pull it up real quick. But the idea behind it is it's talking about Nazis in the meme. And uh, and and it, it's very widely and quickly debunked. Um, so, ah, this is perfect. This is this is actually even more perfect than what I had anticipated finding for it, because what you see here on the uh, what you see here on the right or on the left hand side is is the one that is commonly thrown out there by especially by leftists. Uh, this is like this is the left's way of saying that not being tolerant that by proclaiming tolerance but actually behaving intolerant in an intolerant manner that is justified because of what you see here on the left. But then there's, and this is interesting, that's just, you know, this one in particular, uh, but there are half a dozen others with multiple other uh, stances for communism, all sorts of different things that say, okay, so like if you believe this here on the left, that uh, this paradox of tolerance that you should be intolerant of, Nazis, then you should also be intolerant of ISIS. You should also be intolerant of communism. You should also be intolerant of the Chinese government. You should also be intolerant of effectively everything. Um, and so it's an it's an interesting and very quickly debunked. Plus, the problem with with the the meme on the left is that it completely leaves out a huge portion of the paradox of tolerance in and of itself, in that it they don't talk about the uh, this part right here in this formulation, I do not imply, for instance, that we should always that we should always suppress the utterance of intolerant philosophies, as long as we can counter them by rational argument and keep them in check by public opinion. Suppression would certainly be most unwise. So this is something that I have kind of said throughout most of the COVID regime and everything that's gone on over the past two years. Suppressing bad ideas is in and of itself a bad idea. If these are truly bad ideas, if these are truly wrong, if they're, if they're actually legitimately false information, not grounded on any level of science, not grounded on any level of reality, then let it be out there because the truth will expose this stuff for the fraud that it is. And then it takes care of itself. Like you don't have to suppress bad information. You don't have to, you don't have to hide and cover up factually, scientifically incorrect statements. If they're actually wrong, they prove themselves to be wrong without being suppressed. Uh, and it's the same way for this, these intolerant uh, behaviors. Like you don't have to. Okay. So I've talked about this before probably too many times, but like the KKK and the whole white supremacist movements and all of that stuff, that stuff didn't need to be called out and then 
put into the cancel culture limelight, the entire ideology was dying all on its own because it's irrelevant, because it doesn't make sense, because people aren't getting on board with it. But then it was, it gained a resurgence, so to speak, because it was brought back as this, as this thing, it was turned into this thing that it wasn't. And it was allowed to gain traction that it otherwise had lost and was done. It was dying. So by being actively intolerant of this thing, you then gave it credence to come back to the surface. Like you don't, as the, the paradox of tolerance kind of states in, in that line that I, I just read, uh, as long as you can, okay, we should, uh, should not always suppress the utterance of intolerant philosophies as long as you can counter them by rational argument and keep them in check by public opinion. That's that's what had happened since, I don't know, since the 60s or 70s. Over the last, uh, you know, throughout the 80s and 90s and much of the early 2000s, simply the fact that uh, they were irrelevant had done the work of suppressing those intolerant factions. They didn't need to be actively gone after and canceled. Like, look at, I, I think we talked, I think I talked about it with Johnny the other day, or I can't remember. I, I do too many shows. Um, look at Ben Shapiro. Like, Shapiro does not bring anything to the table that is new or groundbreaking or unique in any way. But the left made it their life's mission to go after him on college campuses. And it spurned a fucking media conglomerate like he now has his own news station for all intents and purposes for no more reason than they made him a target if he is that terrible if he is that intolerant if he is all the things that they claim that he was then you just you dismiss those ideas with better ideas you counter his points with facts and stats and better points and you allow the truth to be what plays it out of course Shapiro was more factually right on literally everything than what the left was so they had to use it as a and and it's the same way with the covid narrative they have to combat these things with all of this cancellation and uh, and suppression because they know that they're wrong so what the psychotic left uses the popper's paradox of tolerance to justify is silencing their opposition because they can't actually they can't actually use that line to combat the opposition with sound reasoning. That, like, and that's fucking pathetic. 
But it brings me to the next part of this episode, which I think is the more interesting part of the episode and, and kind of the part that I wanted to focus more on anyway. Uh, and I, I found this SciPost website the other day doing a show, uh, uh, episode of the morning show. I can't remember what the article was that we went, that we looked at on, on it. Uh, but I've really kind of enjoyed this. Uh, they look at things from a more psychological and, uh, researched, uh, researching psychology and philosophy and stuff like that a little bit more, um, and, and it's a lot more study driven, lot, it's less opinion driven for most of these articles. So I thought it was really interesting. Uh, and granted, a lot of it leans like way to the left and it's kind of fucking stupid, but I find it entertaining uh, and I've, I've enjoyed looking at some of this stuff. So like this, this article states more intelligent people are more ideologically intolerant than their less intelligent counterparts. And this is pretty cool. This is, uh, it comes from an actual study, and uh, I was able to look at some of the study, <laughs> some of the study before it uh, cut me off and said you can't read any more of this without paying fifteen dollars. And uh, it's like, okay, well, I got, I got, uh, I got enough of it that I understand what the the premise of it was, so I, I don't need to pay anymore. And it, maybe I may go back and and pay for the whole thing because it was pretty interesting just what I was getting out of it. And, and so, so also, uh, when I posted this article, I did get a comment from, from a very good friend, Joni, uh, who is fighting the college vaccine mandates and stuff and doing the Lord's work in that, in, in that venture. Like if you haven't seen or heard her over on counterflow with Buck Johnson or on, uh, Mark's lines, delivery show and like, Go check her out. She's she has been really putting in a lot of legwork to to talk about a lot of the things that are going on on college campuses and trying to trying to put an end to the just insanity that is the vaccine mandates on college campuses for a for a portion of of the population that is very possibly at the least amount of risk of anybody. Um, and she'll also be at the upcoming Mises meet up in Birmingham this upcoming weekend. So uh, call the Mises Institute and see if they got any extra tickets. Uh, if you look on the website, it says that they're sold out, but if you call them, they, they can sometimes squeeze you in. So if you're not doing anything this weekend, uh, Saturday, come down to Birmingham and hang out and meet Joni and it'll be a lot of fun. So anyway, I digress. Um, so when I posted this article, jo Joni said that actually her experience has been to the opposite end of, of that. And, and so the way it, it, it works on the bell curve thing. So like you get, you get that extreme left-hand side of the bell curve. And, and I don't mean that as leftist, but that may typically be the way it goes, but you get that extreme left-hand side of the bell curve where it's like the, the least intelligent people are the most intolerant. And then you have like the big portion in the middle of all the fucking midwits who are, super tolerant and like extremely average intelligence. And then you get to the, the far right end of the, of the bell curve where the more intelligent people are more ideological, ideologically intolerant. 
And so what, what you get into when you start looking through this article and, and digging into the meat of that, uh, so greater cognitive ability was linked to greater intelligence. This overall positive relationship between cognitive ability and the outgroup dislike stands in sharp contrast to the commonly held view that cognitive ability is negatively associated with outgroup dislike. Uh, the research says that one explanation for this new finding might be to do with how intolerance was measured. And while the, uh, the study specifically measured ideological intolerance, previous studies have examined prejudices like race-based intolerance. So this goes more into political ideology and, and philosophy and stuff like that. And so what it comes away with is that people who are more intelligent have a deeper and more well-rooted and well-grounded philosophical understanding of their beliefs and of what makes those beliefs, why they believe those things. And as they have a deeper, better grasp and understanding of those things, they are less likely to tolerate other uh, deviations from that because they can see the intellectual error, the moral and philosophical error in those things. So the <laughs> so what you end up with is this massive group of super tolerant midwits who don't believe anything, who don't know what they believe, who don't know why they believe. And so they shift from thing to thing over and over again because they don't have well-rooted or well-grounded beliefs. They don't actually have a set, a, a, a baseline of morality and philosophy and principle that, that they understand and that they connect with. So, and it's, you see this same bell curve when talking about a lot of things societally, religion, um, education, like you've seen it through a lot of the COVID narrative. It's, it's really funny how this works out. Like the ones who are at the, the lowest end of the intelligence spectrum tend to have a deeply seated belief uh, that is not based on anything more than belief. And, and that, that goes for the COVID narrative. That goes for the intolerance thing that goes for uh, religion uh, that goes for a lot of things. Like it, it, it is just a like completely salt of the earth, nothing but pure faith type belief in something. And you can question that you can call those people morons or rednecks or what the fuck ever. And you may be right they have a belief in something and it's, it's there. Like it is a solid real belief. And then you get to all the fucking midwits. And the reason we call them midwits is because they're in the middle of that thing and they do not have any ideological, philosophical, actual belief structure for anything. They don't fucking know anything. They are smart, but they're not intelligent. They're educated but they're fucking stupid. They don't have any beliefs. They don't have any morality. They don't have anything that is like bedrock 
this is what I'm based in and around. And then you get to the other end of the spectrum, the most intelligent, the highest level of intelligent. And they, they not only believe it, they know why they believe it. They have dug down to the very bedrock of why this is what I believe, why these are my morals and my principles and my guiding, my guiding core values. And so that's what you see in this, like the more intelligent people are, the more of a, foundational understanding they have of what it is they believe and the less likely they are to be tolerant of all this other bullshit because it's all based in wishy-washy nothingness. And that's where the left lives. They live in this wishy-washy bullshit nothingness that just goes whatever direction the culture takes it. And if you, if you read more into this article that I, that I had pulled up uh, from, from SciPost and <laughs> It, it kind of delineates um, that conservatives tend to fall more on that high-level intelligence end of it. They have a more intelligent, deep-seated understanding of their, of their beliefs, and that's why they're more intolerant, whereas the left doesn't have that. So I thought all of that was really interesting. Take from it what you will. Um, actually read the articles. They are very... Or read the article. It is very interesting. I had a video that I'd considered playing, and uh, it's from Patrick Smith. I'll put the link in the show notes, but I don't always agree with Patrick Smith on a lot of everything, and it's not that he, he doesn't contribute anything particularly interesting to this argument. Uh, he talks about the paradox of tolerance and the fact that it doesn't exist, and I don't think that's entirely right. I don't think it, that it doesn't exist. It's just that the way that the left portrays it and tries to use it uh, bastardizes it and ignores a lot of the really core tenets of it. So hopefully you learned a little something. Hopefully you had a little fun with that. I, I had a lot of fun. This was a interesting kind of rabbit hole to, to go down for me. Um, I, basically I saw that, that meme and spent about two hours this morning, just like digging in and finding everything I could about intolerance. And then, uh, since I knew, I knew I had seen different stuff on SciPost about different topics. I was like, I wonder if they've got anything about this. And so I just typed in intolerance in the search bar on, on SciPost. And sure enough, I found a few articles. And so I got to dig into them and it's really interesting stuff. But, you know, that that, that bell curve thing is uh, something pretty interesting to, to pay attention to. And maybe look at yourself and your friends and think, where where are we falling on this line? And the, the the goal should be how do we take those people who are you know in the midwit level and get them to move to that right end of the curve and start to actually figure out what what their foundational core values and principles and morals are because once people start to kind of figure that stuff out they tend to come over to our side of thinking on on a lot of things at least that's been my experience so good luck with that everybody hope everybody has a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week i will be back on monday with who knows I, i've been enjoying just kind of uh figuring it out as i go and not really having a, a real solid plan i see something that i like and i decide hey i'm gonna do it uh, kind of like today so hope everybody has a great rest of your day hey great rest of your week i will see you on monday later